0: Hello and welcome back to the Bank on Dividends podcast. As always, my name is Banky and I will be your guide into the wonderful world of dividend investing. This week, we are looking at why dividends don't lie. Now, many people won't know that the title for this week's episode is actually taken from a book, a very old book, first published in 1990, before I was even born. Many people will know the book, Dividends Still Don't Lie, but they won't know the original. And that's why in this week's episode, we are going to be joined by an original. That's why Morton from Dividend Club, a real OG dividend investor, is joining us to break down this book and to answer our questions. But remember, no matter what's happening in the markets, you can always bank on dividends. Now before we jump into the interview, let's get the disclaimer out of the way and then we'll get right into it. The views expressed in this podcast are meant solely for inspiration and entertainment purposes. Nothing stated in this podcast should be considered financial, economic, accounting or tax advice. Dividends are never guaranteed. This recording does not address all risks. No comments made in this recording should be considered an endorsement for any investment or investment strategy. This recording should not be considered As an offer or solicitation to buy sell or subscribe to any financial instruments products securities or derivative instruments all data used is believed to be valid and accurate at the date it was first recorded on an as-is basis and is subject to change without notice listeners should seek their own financial tax legal and regulatory advice regarding the appropriateness or otherwise of investments or any investment strategies. Any decision a party makes after listening to this recording should be based on its own research and will not be considered influenced by the views expressed in this podcast. You will solely bear the responsibility for any investments you make and for the liability of any losses arising from the information provided. So without any further ado, Morton from Dividend Club is here with us. Welcome. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, and thank you for having me. Like you said, I'm Morten from Dividend Club and super exciting to be on your podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And is, it's super exciting to have you on here. Before we go into the questions, will you just give us a little bit of feel for uh, who you are and what Dividend Club is?
1: Sure. Uh, I started Dividend Club about three years ago. At that time, I'd been in finance about 10 years and I felt like I needed some extra thing for myself. I was tired of just working on company time, so to speak. I always been into investing and uh, I guess for six or seven years now, I've been into dividend investing. So um, I started talking about dividends on Instagram.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So we're going to get more about you, but let's dive straight into the question so we don't take too much time so very first question how did you start dividend investing and what are your top three positions right now and why
1: Yeah, so the dividend investing is actually a journey. When I started out in investing when I was very young, my dad told me about investing when I was a kid. I was mainly focusing on the stock price. And I was just excited about you could make money on buying low and selling high. But as time went by, I realized, you know, it's not really that reliable. It's difficult to know if if low is really low or high is really high. And then I went over, you know, through Benjamin Graham and Warren Buffett and value investing and all that. And I came to realize that I actually would like to make a return when a business is good at what it's doing. And that's what dividend investing is all about. At least if you uh, look at reliable dividends anyway, you're actually getting a part of the profit every year, or every quarter when they pay a dividend. So that's why I started doing dividend investing. It's very uh, conservative. It's not based on the externalities of the market prices, but based on the internal parts of the company, how well they're doing. And that's how I came to dividend investing. My top three positions in in dividends right now, that's UPS, uh, Caterpillar and Apple, all three American companies
0: very well-known companies as well. And if you don't know those companies, you should do some research, okay? Uh, We're not here to, you know, give you any stock advice, but do your own research. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Okay, thank you, Morton. Next question. Okay, from the book, what are your main takeaways from the book, Dividends Don't Lie, Finding Value in Blue Chip Stocks?
1: Yeah. Thank you for that question. And I would actually like to take a little bit time on your show to to let people understand if they don't read the book, what the whole setting is. It's written in, in late 80s and published in 1990 or something like that by a, a lady called Geraldine Wise. And she was actually starting out investing in the 60s. And in the 60s, no one in the US wanted to have anything to do with her because she had the wrong gender. So she started up by herself. She became an entrepreneur. And for many years, she signed with G, her first letter in the first name and vice. I think that's incredible. And I think that that requires some tribute. So that's where I want to start with the book. If we go about into the meat and potatoes of it, it's really interesting take on dividends and yields and one I haven't seen before. They introduce what they call the dividend yield theory. And uh, among other things, they actually use the dividend yield as a value indicator. What they found uh, is that yields tend to move within upper and lower limits within blue chip stocks. So that would be Procter & Gamble, Colgate, or 3M, or Caterpillar, and stuff like that. And um, if you know that there's an upper and a lower uh, limit, you can actually use that as buy and sell indicators. And you can especially use it if you are more uh, active investor. Yeah. I tend to more use it for a buying indicator I like to be buy and hold uh, but you can definitely also use it as a selling indicator and today I use the yield and the dividend yield theory as a major part of defining value in blue chip dividend stocks.
0: That's good it's very interesting that you say that because especially you know someone like me who started dividend investing relatively recently I realized that The issue or the trap that many people fall into is focusing on high yield companies. And this book actually is a great insight because it does introduce that theory. So if you haven't and you don't know what that theory is, please, please, please go and pick up this book. You will not regret it. Okay, thank you again for your answer to that question. That was a very in-depth answer. I could tell you know your stuff. In your opinion, what other books are must-reads for dividend investors?
1: Well, I would definitely say if you're starting out, I would recommend the book called Dividend Growth Machine. It's written by Nathan Winkleplek. He's a CPA from US. He's a really nice guy. I actually talked to him a few times. The great thing about the book is that it's only a few quid on Amazon. And um, Nathan was so nice that you can actually, he narrated uh, the book himself and you can actually find a free audio version on his YouTube. So I would definitely start there. It's very down to basics. It explains what the ideas behind dividend growth investing is, why it's better than investing in bonds that were traditionally has been used for retirements and stuff like that. Uh, so I would definitely put that one as number one. Another suggestion is to book called The Little Book on Big Dividends. It's a series called The Little Book and they have one book on dividend investing. So that's another really great uh, possibility. And then finally, in all modesty, I also wrote an ebook myself on dividend investing and it's called The Ultimate Dividend Investor Guide. So, I mean, if that's interesting, sure, you should go for that one too.
0: Okay, that was actually my next question because I know I have seen, I haven't finished your ebook, but I have downloaded it myself. And the first book you mentioned, Nathan's book, it's only £7 last time I checked on Amazon. So, you can also get it. And he's giving it away free on YouTube as well. So, that's one thing I love about dividend investors. We just want to share the love. So, check out Multi's ebook. Check out the other books that he's mentioned because those are great, great places to start. And like me, you could just you could just buy like four, five, six, seven books, take your time to read them, and you will always, always, always appreciate them. I still go back to them to this day. So straight down to the next question. Try and be an honest, as honest as you can. What were some of your biggest mistakes you made so far in your dividend investing journey?
1: Well, in dividend investing, I guess I didn't realize in the beginning the importance of dividend growth. So I would look more at the starting yield. And if you're relatively young, the dividend growth is going to be important over the long term. And if I look at my investment journey in general, I would probably have to go back to when I was uh, around 20. The local bank went belly up um, and I think I lost $10,000 that day. Um, That was, yeah,
0: that was not good it's impressive that you had 20k at 20 because I didn't have 20k at 20 but then to
1: lose that I'm sorry if I said 20k it was 10k the reason why I had it and I agree with you it's it's a lot of money when you especially when you're young Uh, I didn't think about diversification and the stock price just continued to go up so it was a no-brainer for me at the time let's just buy it and sell it tomorrow and that's what I mentioned earlier as well so I didn't put Uh, 10k into the stock but it was probably at that height and then i lost everything so so yeah that was not a good day
0: okay wow okay thank you for sharing what advice would you give to someone who is just starting out in dividend investing, regardless of their age
1: i would say definitely start by understanding the market and understanding the risks. I see a lot of people going into investing or speculation or trading without realizing the downside risks. And I think that gives a natural conservatism to your strategy if you start thinking about the money you can lose rather than looking at this uh, shiny object it can be a uh, crypto or whatever that's gone up several hundred percent and saying oh I'll just put all my money in that and I will uh, have for an extra holiday or whatever next week um, but um, think about the money you can lose and also understand the different ways you can profit from the market two main ways is capital appreciation that's when you buy at 100 and sell at 110 you made 10 And the other way is from dividends, and that's not relying on the stock price
0: okay i mean we should just repeat that over and over again to people because the amount of people out there on instagram tiktok youtube who make it seem like investing in some sort of game or gambling or or whatever i don't know maybe because we were in a lockdown and a lot of sporting events were off so people wanted to put their money in the stock market thinking they could make a lot of money but yes you're right i see a lot of people who are just pumping and dumping as far as i'm concerned and i think that's an amazing way to think about it you know think of the money you can lose yes you can make money but think of the money you can lose because you can lose money in case people forget even with dividend investing and again this is the reason I love dividend investing because there's two ways I can make money The dividends are pretty pretty safe if you're investing in a good company and generally over time the stock market tends to go in the right direction so thank you that's just amazing and yeah we should just keep that on loop because people don't hear that enough anymore these days okay so what do you look for in the dividend stock
1: Usually, I would like to see a long track record of dividend growth. And I would also like to see at that same time that the earnings per share has also grown in that period. To me, that means that the dividend is uh, reliable because you can have a very high dividend. But if the company doesn't make enough money to pay it out, Uh, They don't earn that money. They need to borrow the money in the bank or issue new shares, and that's not a long term, that's not reliable in the long term. And then I would like to see a reasonable payout ratio. The payout ratio is simply looking at how much of their earnings are they paying out. Then I would like to see that the company is able to make good cash flow. And that means this gets a little technical, but earnings and cash flow is not the same. There are different standards of how you recognize earnings when you recognize it. And that might not 100% coincide with the cash flow going in and out of the bank account. So it's two different things. They're kind of related, but it's not the same. And then I would like it at a good valuation. And that's where the dividend yield theory comes in. So the dividend yield should be above the average yield. Uh, and potentially uh, close to the to the high yield of what it's ever been historically. And then uh, I would also like the current PE to be
0: below the historic PE. Okay, that's good. That's good. You really covered all the bases there. Yeah, thank you. Those are a lot of things that I look for as well. I also like to look for the the dividend history just to see how many years they've been paid for but to be honest if you're looking at any of the dividend kings or aristocrats you can't really go wrong but even within those groups there are different levels of dividend payers so you know It's definitely worth doing some research. Thank you again. Next one. How do you actually track your dividends and how do you manage your portfolio?
1: I uh, have worked in finance for 10 years. So uh, I have worked a lot with spreadsheets. And um, there have been a lot of great uh, possibilities out there how to do it uh, online. But some of them are very pricey. So uh, traditionally, or at least until recently, I have just used a spreadsheet. It's a little bit of a um, hassle to update it. But that's what I found uh, The best idea for me and then more recently i learned about a new investing app called getquin it's a social media and it has like a twitter feed and stuff like that and uh, they actually offer a free dividend uh, tracker in it so that's really nice as well
0: okay you're gonna have to give us the link for that if you've got a link because i know people are gonna ask for that um i've been using stock events before that I also use uh, an Excel document to manage everything. And like you said, the Excel document is a labor of love, but you do it because it's good to to see. And it helps me kind of understand what I'm doing a bit more because you have to calculate your yield on cost or your return on cost. So even though all of these apps can do it for you, sometimes, especially if you've only got a few positions, it's good to do it in Excel just for your own personal kind of confidence growth. Yeah, and
1: definitely if you're starting out like getting to understanding how the different metrics work together and what happens when the price goes up and down. So I I definitely agree with that.
0: Okay, great. Next question. How long did it really take for you to feel the effects of compound interest on your portfolio? That's
1: a good question. I, um, I think I tend as a dividend investor, I tend to focus more on the dividend growth in my portfolio than the capital appreciation. So in the beginning, your yearly income and dividends will probably only be a few dollars, but with consistency, you will see that grow quite quickly. So if you tend to focus on the, the expected dividend uh, per year you will receive, I think you would see the compounding effect, especially if you keep adding to your portfolio quite quickly. And that's one of the things we didn't mention about dividend stocks. But when you, you will get a dividend growth stock, you can be uh, lucky that they will increase the dividend and some of them will increase it every year. And then there's also a difference. Do they increase it 1% or 5%? And if you're really, uh, I don't want to say lucky, but some companies, they might increase it 10 or 20%. And most recently, the US retailer Target, which is a competitor of Walmart, they increased their dividend by 30%. And yeah, that's a lot. So i just say, if you think, well, 10%, 20%, it's only changing from $1 to $1 and and it's not that big of a difference. Think about when is the last time you had a 10% salary increase? Yeah.
0: Let alone (laughs) 30%, right? Yeah. And like I always say, If you have a drip function, always put your, keep your drip on, keep that reinvesting. If you are investing every month, it is better or regularly. And and like you said, you know, good companies will increase their dividend. It might not always be, you know, as much as you like, but that is that consistency is uh, really where you see the compound effect take place. And I read somewhere that somewhere between uh 50 and 70 percent of the market returns actually comes from dividends being put back in so imagine if they do just a two percent um dividend increase but you own 150 shares that's going to be a very big increase you know for you so thank you again and then last question from this section is going to be what is your favorite quote about investing
1: I actually like a lot of quotes about investing. I think they give a lot of motivation uh, and you feel inspired from it. Warren Buffett is one of the greats of of investing quotes. He said, uh, price is what you pay, value is what you get. And I think that uh, really catches the disconnect that sometimes can be between price and value. understand what the value is of a company and then make sure that you're paying less than what you're getting so that would be one of them i don't want to say that's the favorite uh, but that's definitely up there
0: yeah i think one of my favorites as well is also charlie bunker so warren buffett's right hand man and he said the big money is not made in the buying or the selling it's made in the waiting um oh yeah and these guys are both what, I think eighty or ninety now. So they know what waiting is, right? <laughs> They've waited a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite quotes. So so thank, thank you very you. much
1: i could throw in another one if we have the time uh, yeah. john d Rockefeller, which is the guy that basically created all the big uh, oil companies he said do you know the only thing that gives me pleasure it is to see my dividends coming in so i mean it, it's kind of it's it's an awesome quote uh, it's kind of sad at the same time because life shouldn't only be about money but thinking about the wealth he had i think actually he was the history's first billionaire. Thinking yeah. about the wealth he, he had generated and, and the amount of dividends he must have gotten from that must have been insane
0: yeah i love that quote as well because it's really true i have actually you know dropped my phone once because i got a 1p dividend (laughs) so imagine if you're just getting a 1p dividend and you're getting so excited imagine when you're making some real money um yeah but it was it was an unexpected one because it wasn't on my tracker and i was like oh a dividend and when it when it pops up on my phone it it still makes me feel good so i definitely understand that quote thank you so much Morton. okay so we're gonna move over to the quick fire questions i've got quite a few you. I might ask you for some explanation but really answer as quickly as possible okay so the first one is what is the most undervalued dividend stock right now
1: I'll try and do it short uh, first of all this is not financial advice that's obvious um, but some of the, those dividend stocks that I like real right now is uh, Walgreens ticker symbol WBA 3M ticker symbol MMM Unum Group ticker symbol UNM and Bristol Myers which is take a symbol B M Y.
0: Okay. Full disclosure, I own all of those stocks, so I'm glad you oh. say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We didn't even we didn't even set this up in yeah. <laughs> on purpose. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so next one. Um, what are the most overrated dividend stocks right now?
1: So again, if we go back to the dividend yield theory, you should not own stocks when they are close or at a historically low dividend. And if I tried looking up a few stocks recently, and one of those is Apple and Apple is a strange creature because I understand it's not a full on dividend blue chip. Yeah. But it is at a think I think 10-year low dividend yield right now. So if you want to own Apple for the dividend yield, don't go for it right now. And just for to to put it into a, an example, the, I think the yield is 0.5%. Yeah. But only in 2018 it was 2%. That's four times as much. So actually, Apple is possibly able to give a reasonable dividend, even though it's a tech company. Yeah. Uh, others would be Home Depot. That's the same. It's very low compared to its average. It's low. American Express, Eli Lilly and Dear and Company would be others that to me look, look
0: quite expensive right now when you
1: look at the yield.
0: Okay, okay. Thank you. That's very insightful. Um, Apple, I'll confess again, I do own Apple, even though I think it's an excuse because it pays a dividend. I can still call myself a dividend investor, but I own them for probably a myriad of other reasons. And they just became the first $3 trillion company. So, you know, there is that. Um, and it's perfectly fine to own stocks that don't pay dividends. Okay, and that leads me on to my next question. Do you own any non-paying dividend stocks?
1: I have a few uh, Danish stocks, mostly for historical reasons that don't pay dividends. And then I also do have some index funds tracking the global markets, which will include non-dividend paying stocks. But the vast majority of, of the portfolio that I control myself and that I stock pick... That's dividend
0: stocks. Great, great, great. Okay. Do you have any other investments outside of stocks?
1: Mm, None really, I guess. Uh, I own my home, but I don't think that would pass the traditional investment definition. Uh, It's more a home than an investment. And yes, 10 years from now, it it would probably have gone up in price. But yeah, I don't really see it as an investment.
0: Okay, that's good. Because it's, it's very rare that I see people that have been bitten by the crypto bug Um, I must confess, I've, I've, I've got a little bit of crypto myself. Yeah, so it's just interesting to know. Okay, now we're getting into some really meaty questions now. So this or that, a stock with a high yield and low payout ratio or a stock with a high payout ratio but good dividend history?
1: Oh, that's such a tough one. I think I need more to decide. I would probably go for the high yield and low payout ratio. But if the dividend is not reliable, I'm actually not sure
0: okay okay yeah yeah i really had to think of this question because um it's one that i've had to think of myself and like you said you would look at the other factors and that would help you decide but you know just just for the purposes of this um but you didn't fall from my trap so <laughs> 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 okay next question apple or microsoft apple apple any reason why
1: well, they're both great companies. I think I like Apple more. Um, they have done better, and Microsoft is also doing really great. I think Apple is more on track for doing even greater things in the future than Microsoft, but you can really go with either of them. Okay. Pepsi or Coke? I would say Pepsi in the portfolio and Coke
0: in the fridge. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Pe- uh, Coke has the brand, but Pepsi has, you know, lots of different brands under them. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a very good answer. Thank you. Okay. Next one. Free cash flow or increasing earnings?
1: Actually, I'm not sure. Do you mean increasing free cash flow or increasing
0: earnings? In terms of which one is more important, a good free cash flow or increasing mm-hmm. earnings?
1: Cash flow, free cash flow, I think. <laughs>
0: I'm not surprised because you are a dividend investor after all. (laughs) And you did say earlier that, you know, earnings can be manipulated by tax and there's lots of different ways that uh, companies come up with earnings figures. Uh, Cash is very hard to lie on your financial statements, but very few investors read financial statements these days. So (laughs) let's just leave it there. What is your ultimate goal?
1: In terms of investing, I guess that would be to live off dividends either fully or partially. Um, and to be honest, I also started this journey with Dividend Club to see where it could take me. And I'm surprised that I managed to get to 100 100- Thousand followers. Uh, I started uh, almost three years ago, and believe it or not, I didn't have an
0: Instagram before that. So oh, wow. it's been, yeah,
1: it's been a great
0: journey. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, thank you. And finally, where can we find you, and what are your handles, and you know, what other things do you do?
1: Well, I'm mainly on Instagram, um and I also mentioned uh, Get Quinn earlier. And I would actually like to take a minute here to. Offer your listeners something special, like an offer here today. So I have the ebook on dividend investing, and if your listeners would want to have something for free, I would offer the first ten people to DM me a free copy of my ebook if they would at the same time then follow me on the GetQuint platform. It's a free app. I'm trying to grow there as well, uh, so it's a little something for something. Um, so. Don't worry, if you don't know the app, you can just reach out on Instagram and uh, I will help you set it all up and you can get the free ebook. And that's the 10 first people to DM me.
0: OK, you heard it here first. First 10 people uh, to DM Morton and, uh, you know, follow him on Get Quinn. Um, you get a free copy of the ebook, so you better get messaging. <laughs> OK, thank you once again. Did you have any closing comments that you wanted to to share with us?
1: No, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a lot of fun, and thank you for doing this for the community. I think your podcast is really great, and we need more podcasters who uh, take dividend investing seriously and make consistent content. So you're doing a great job. Thank you for that. Oh, thank and, you. And um, I think that's all. And I mean, happy investing to everyone.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Morton, and thank you, Dividend Club. So. That is the end of the episode. Next week, we are going to have another guest speaker, Dividend Power, on. And we're going to be doing our first stock analysis of 2022. And it's a stock we've already mentioned here today. And that is Triple M. So make sure you take Moulton up on his offer. All the links are going to be up in the show notes. Once again, thank you, Morton, And that is it. Remember, no matter what happens in the markets, you can always bank on dividends.